listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of the Astros Future Podcast, presented by Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. I'm your host, Jimmy Price, also known as Astros Future. You can find my work at AstrosFuture.com and find me on Twitter at Astros Future. Be sure to follow the official Apollo Media account at Apollo HOU, as well as hitting the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Today on the Astros Future Podcast, I'll be running solo and I will talk about how the Astros have looked so far and during the home opening series, some of the minor league performances over a couple exhibition games against Round Rock, and talk with a very special guest, Astros right-handed pitching prospect, Tyler Ivey. Tyler, thanks for joining us today. How's it going, man? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's going well. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. So first thing I want to ask is just doing some research. I saw you grew up just outside of Dallas. So did you grow up a Rangers fan? Yeah, yes, I did. Yes, I did. I mean, you know, growing up in Dallas, it's all it's all Cowboys, Mavericks and Rangers. But, um, you know, um, not anymore, obviously. <laughs> um, I, it's funny. I actually did. I, I lived in Katy, Texas. Uh, my, my family, we moved down there in I think, oh, four and, and stayed for a couple of years. And so I actually got a taste of, you know, being an Astros fan for a while and then that's, you know, that's the year in 2005 when they actually went to the World Series. So it was actually, it was really cool to see and, you know, go to some Astros games growing up and get to watch. Yeah, for sure. So was there anyone, I mean, like at that time, you, you know, following the Astros and I know trying to remember how the Rangers were during that time. I know they really had their, their, you know, uh, more successful seasons, I guess, was it around like what, 2010, 2011, maybe? Yeah, they were later on. Yeah, they, they struggled. <laughs> <laughs> So were there any players that like growing up that you tried to, you tried to model yourself after or someone you kind of, you kind of looked up to? I was, a, I mean, I was obsessed with Alex Rodriguez growing up. I, you know, I played shortstop and, you know, wanted to be a, you know, hitter growing up and everything and, you know, be just like him. He was, he was a lot of fun to watch um, growing up. I actually would, uh, you know, I remember asking my dad if we could, you know, move to New York city when he got, when, when he signed there. So, you know, I was a, I was a big fan, but, um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, I was just, I've always loved Nolan Ryan. You know, he was always really fun to watch, you know, videos and tapes of. Yeah. So were there, like, I guess at what point did you transition from, you know, wanting to be a shortstop and a hitter to like a full-time pitcher? Um, I mean, as a kid, I never really thought I would, I would only pitch, but I mean, I, I started pitching it, I think, you know, eight or nine years old. So, you know, I've been doing both a long time, but then once you get to high school, it's just, I mean, you got to be really freaking good to mm -hmm. do both. And, you know, it's just hitting, I mean, hitting so hard. It's so frustrating. I just, you know, I decided around sophomore year in high school, I'd just stick to pitching. So actually now that you mentioned hitting, I figure it's a good time to ask, what's your opinion on like the, the designated hitter? You know, how American League has it, National League doesn't, but last year they had a universal DH. Yeah. Um, well, I like the I, I like it when uh, the National League's standpoint on the you know hitter or pitchers hitting um, it just it's it's I mean it it's hard but it's fun I mean imagine what it'd be like to you know get a big league at bat and in, in the same game you're pitching in 
but um, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad to be in the American league just so I don't actually have to do it, you know, but yeah. no, I, I, I think they should keep it, keep it, keep baseball the way it is, you know, gotcha. so uh, currently in, in, you know, major league baseball, are there any like pitchers that you try to, you know, kind of uh, model yourself after? Um, I mean, I would, I don't know if I'd say model myself after, but a guy that I really like studying is, uh, it's, I mean, Zach Greinke, he's just the way he's evolved over the years, because I know when he came into the league, he was, you know, I mean, sitting, you know, 95, 96. And now, you know, he doesn't have that anymore. He's gotten older, but you know, the way he's evolved into just a, a pitcher that, that changes mm-hmm. speeds and, and keeps the hitters, you know, on their toes and uncomfortable. I just, you know, it's really fun to watch. So have you been able to like, you know, pick up and learn from guys like him and Justin Verlander uh, the times you've been able to, you know, participate in spring training and stuff? Yeah, I've been doing a lot of watching. I, li- I just, I like to watch guy, uh, you know, like McCullers, uh, Granky, guys like that. I like, I like to watch their routines and just kind of, you know, how they do things. Um, unfortunately, I haven't gotten to talk to, to Zach yet. Um, I'm hoping to at some point, you know, I just, you know, we're, you know, he's kind of a, you know, shy guy. So am I. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I mean, you know, I, you know, probably, probably say something to him at some point, but you know, he's not, nah, I haven't, I've, I've just gotten to watch. Gotcha. So, so you, in 2019, you, you had a, you know, a little bit of injuries, but you ended up having actually a really strong year, you know, no matter what uh, spot you were pitching at, if it was down in the Gulf Coast League, Gulf Coast League or with the hooks in double A. So how disappointing was it to lose the, the 2020 season? Cause you know, from my point of view, if you would have continued what you did in 2019 and 2020, you know, like your your stock and everything would have continued to rise, and you know, you would have been, you would have been pushing, you know, a, a potential major league call up last year. Well, thank you, I appreciate it. Um, you know, it, I wasn't. I, I mean, I can't say I was too disappointed per se, just because. I mean, I, I like to look at it as you know, 2020 is a weird year, obviously, and you know, we would have loved to play a season, but I, I kind of took it from, you know, Hey, you know, just take a, take a nice mental break from baseball and, you know, just continue working maybe, you know, later on. And, and it was, it was kind of nice, but you know, it, it's great to, it's great to be back again. And, you know, cause we, I mean, we all missed it. So mm-hmm. I guess it's easier to miss it when you, when you're not playing. So how did it, I mean, kind of walk me through what happened for like, from your point of view last year with, you know, you're, you're in camp spring training, getting ready for the season and bam, COVID happens. Did they, did they like send you all home and tell you to come back to the instructionals later on in the year or in the, in the spring or the summer or how'd that work? Well, originally they told us that it was going to be a two week delay just to, um, cause originally it was the, just right. kind of every, our universal two weeks to flatten mm-hmm. the curve of, you know, keep the hospitals, um, good. But, um, as time went on, I think we, we kind of got the vibe that, you know, uh, we're probably not going to play this year. You know, they were, it was more of a, Hey, you know, stay ready guys, you know, keep working, you know, just, we, you never know, like we might, you know, we might need you to come up this and that. Um, but you know, it just, it just never happened. And, you know, I kind of, a lot of guys had a feeling that, that it wouldn't, but um, you know, like I said, it's nice to be back. So throughout the season last year, you know, as the Astros started playing or were, did they have y'all down in Florida just working out or did they have you like, you know, at your, wherever you live working out and just staying ready or, or how did that work? Well, I was at home the whole time. I, okay. I ended up catching COVID in June. Oh. So, um, yeah, and the, the protocol back then was a lot. Was it was about a month and a half, you know, beginning to end. Right. So that kind of that's what's that's what told me like, hey, like you're definitely not playing this year. But 
Um, I think most guys stayed at stay, uh, you know, I think we had to stay at home for a certain amount of time. I think they started things back up in early July, I believe. And I think that's when they called it spring training 2.0. So a lot of guys, um, went down to, I, th- I believe it was either Corpus or Houston and just had, you know, kind of like, I, I think it was more of an alternate training site pre right. prerequisite, I would say maybe, you know, gotcha. So, uh, I mean, you know, normal year, obviously you're making improvements and you're continuing to progress up the ladder, but do you feel like you still made improvements over the 2020 calendar year? Yeah, I'd say so. I, I'd say mentally, um, you know, I just, I, I feel like I've become a, a better pitcher. I feel like I've evolved in a way. And um, I think that's mostly due to, you know, picking up a changeup. Um, and I've always tried, we've always tried to throw a changeup throughout pro ball, but um, I, I think it really clicked over, over this past, over this past year in 2020. Um, you know, I just started throwing it a lot, started throwing long talks with it and it just kept, you know, getting a little better and better just because change up. It's just, it's such a feel pitch and it's something that you have to have a, you know, a lot of reps with to be able to learn how to, you know, spin it and place it and whatnot. Right. So on that, I'll ask you, uh, for those that don't know, can you just kind of describe, you know, what your stuff is, your web tar, your, your pitches. So got the change up, but what else do you throw? A four seam fastball. Um, it's, it's kind of hoppy as, as they call it, you know, it looks like it's, it's rising kind of fighting gravity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's low nineties. It's, it's nothing, something that'll blow you away, but I'd say it's a, it's an average fastball. Um, I have a cutter slash slider that, you know, I kind of mix up on, on shapes with, um, you know, some of them, I try to throw them really harder, hard and short and others are, you know, a little, a little softer with a, with a little more sweep. And, uh, then I have a, you know, a curveball. Um, it's, it's around the 12, six. It's, it's a pretty good pitch as well. And, um, I, I use that, I use that one probably the most. And then, yeah, like I, like we talked about earlier, change up. So you mentioned, uh, you mentioned a little bit earlier about you kind of being a, you know, a shy guy, just kind of like Greeky, but, um, do you miss playing in front of fans? I do. I do. Absolutely. I mean, how could you not, you know, you just, uh, you, you really feed off the energy that, that, that the fans put out and, you know, there's really nothing else you could do to replicate that. Um, so it is, we played, we played in round rock last week mm-hmm. and, um, you know, there were fans there. So it was, it was cool to just see people in the stands, you know, cause it'd been so long. Cause every game is just basically like a, like an inner squad game, you know, without fans. So it, it's definitely nice to have them back. So I don't, I don't know if you're allowed to say or not, but do you have any idea where you're starting out this year, like double AA, a triple A? And if you're not allowed to say, I, I understand. Oh no, I'll, um, you know, if we, if we start playing in triple I'll be, I'll be in Sugarland. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, you know, based on what you did in 19, the improvements you made, the change up, and then how things went, you know, you, I know you got some innings in, uh, in spring training as well. Do you feel like you're ready to contribute to the big league club? Um, I, I would say so. Yeah. Um, you know, the, not to say that I should be there because, you know, obviously we're so talented, but I think like, am, am I, if you're asking if I'm ready to get out at the major league level, then, yeah, I'd, I'd say so. All right. So uh, let me ask you this. So who would be the toughest hitter that you faced in the Astros system? And it could be, you know, minor, minor league or professional. And I know you probably got some reps against some of the, the uh, major league guys during spring training. So who do you, who would you say is the toughest hitter you faced? The guy, the first guy that comes to mind would be Jake Myers. 
Um, he's a guy, he's, you know, outfielder is very athletic. Mm -hmm. Um, and he pitched in college so he can think like a pitcher, but on top of that, he's got really good hand-eye coordination and he sees the zone really well and just knows right out of your hand, whether it's a strike or not. And so I think that's why, you know, he's a, he's a tough at bat. He really is. That's a, yeah, that's an interesting choice. So have you had, uh, the opportunity to pitch against, you know, any, any, uh, I'd have to go back and look at, you know, the, the, the start of the outings you made in spring, but I'm assuming you pitched against other major league like teams and organizations, right? Like some of the, uh, you know, not just minor leaguers in spring training, but uh, uh, major league players as well. Right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I just, I mean, I figured you're thinking more minor. No, league, no, I, I no. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, what I was going with that one was, was there anybody like outside of the organization that kind of in spring training was almost like a starstruck thing to you? You're kind of like, Holy crap, I'm, I'm pitching <laughs> against this guy in a real game, you know? You know, I did, I did face Yadier Molina in my first outing. And, um, I mean, he, he hit a double off me. He, he smacked a double to the left field wall. So, I mean, I, that, that was tough. Yeah. <laughs> it was just one Oh slider that, you know, I'm sure he's seen a thousand, hundred thousand times that he was mm-hmm. just like, Oh, there it is. Boop. You know, so he's, I guess he's a pretty good hitter. <laughs> yeah. So thinking about the whole, you know, the Astros system as a whole, if there was one pitch that you could take from any Astros minor leaguer that you, you know, you're playing with right now, what would it be and why? Good question. Um, okay. So kind of weird. I, I understand, but kit sheets, sidearm sinker. It's, I mean, it can get, I've seen it get into the low nineties and it, it's sharp and late. And it, it's, yeah, I, I playing catch with him the other day and we, we had to stop because I was literally missing the ball. <laughs> so it's, I, I, I mean, yeah, I know I don't throw sidearm, but that would be a cool pitch to have. So uh, kind of off topic to baseball here, but do you, do you watch a lot of like uh, streaming, you know, Netflix and Hulu and all that stuff on, in your free time? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I dabble with, with Hulu. It's so like, what's your, like, what's your go-to TV show right now? So, okay. That, that, okay. That depends because there's some, some, like every, every night I go to bed, I put on King of the Hill on, on Hulu. It's, I don't Have you seen, I don't know if you've seen King of the Hill. It's, I, I mean, it's, it's so good. Um, okay. fall asleep to it every night. It's just calming. It's a, mm-hmm. you know, it's a good, it's just a good show, but I'm a big Rick and Morty guy. Okay. Um, that's I, I love cartoons, but uh, I mean, my favorite show ever, I'd have to say either Breaking Bad or Yellowstone. OK, well, you know, and I'm, I'm going to take a lot of heat from it. I haven't seen Yellowstone yet. I've seen Breaking wow. Bad like four times. So wow. uh, Breaking Bad is number one for me. I know the, the Yellowstone thing. I've been wanting to do it. I'm just waiting to, for it to get on because I don't know what streaming service it's on yet. I don't know if you have to do it's it. It's on through- Amazon. Is it on it? Okay. All right. And I have Amazon. All right, cool. You need to, so, you need to watch it. As, as right. soon as I'm going to do possible. it. I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> I know I have a lot of friends that have, you know, compared it to like breaking bad in terms of like where they would rank it in their, in their favorite TV shows. And I'm a big breaking bad fan. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll definitely check it out. I so, feel like breaking bad's undisputed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And that's where I'm at. And like, I know my wife gets mad at me all the time. Cause I've like, I've watched it for like, you know, like I said, like four different times, but I just, I finish it and I'm like, man, I just want to start it over again. So. Yeah, I have. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you, yeah, you said you watched it, what, four or five times? Yeah. yeah that's it's, it's so good. <laughs> so during the season, do you, do you stick to like a strict diet or do you like kind of just eat whatever? I mean, I try to, 
And it's harder, it's harder in season to do because you're on the road so much. And a lot of the times you're getting fed at the field. So you mm -hmm. don't have much of a, I mean, you know, we get fed well, but um, it, it's not, I wouldn't call it strict dieting, but right. um, yeah, in the off season, I, you know, I cook my own meals a lot, lots of chicken and vegetables. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's nice. It's fun to do, I guess. And then during the season, I try to, you know, I mean, Bole, have you heard of Bole? I have done that with Palm. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you go to West Palm Beach, there's a place called Bole, and it's basically like a Chipotle, but it's super healthy and it's, you know, kind of, kind of islandy, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, the, the cilantro noodles, uh, teriyaki chicken with, uh, broccoli and mushrooms. That's, that's the way to go. So if you, if, if you're out in West Palm, that's, yeah, sounds healthy. So I was going to ask if there's like a cheat food, but is that, is that like your cheat food when you're like, you know, Hey, I'm not going to get something here. I'm not going to make something. I'm going to go out to that place. Or is there, or is there something else that like, I mean, I know when you were probably in Corpus Christi, I know the big thing, you know, here in, in Texas is Waterburger. So oh, what yeah. would you say is like your cheat go-to uh, fast food? Oh, uh, well, I mean, what it's either Waterburger or in and out I mean, it, it's, I can't, I couldn't tell you which one's better, but I mean, every time you come back to Texas, I mean, the first thing you want to do is <laughs> go to Waterburger and, and get a, get a burger or a taquito, you know, for sure. Um, so I know, you know, you obviously over the last few years, you've played in quite a few minor league stadiums, quite a few levels, you know, single a high, a double a, is there like a specific stadium in your mind that stands out? That's like, you know, that's, that's the best minor league stadium I've ever, I've ever played in, in terms of like, you know, just the view and, and everything the stadium has to offer. Okay. Um, there was the Staten Island in, in the New York Penn league. It's, it's got a really cool backdrop view of New York city. Um, mm -hmm. The Brooklyn one's really cool out there. Um, Round Rock, which I played at recently, was, I mean, I don't, I can't imagine what it looks like fully, fully packed, but it's, it's such a nice, such a nice stadium. I would say the nicest one would have to be Round Rock for sure. Nice. All right. Well, that's pretty much all I got, man. I, I, I appreciate you hopping on here and I know you got a busy day. I know it's a beautiful day today. Well, at least here in Texas, a uh, beautiful day. So um, I know you got a lot of stuff going on, still training and stuff, but I appreciate you, you know, taking the time to talk to me. No, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yep. And good luck the rest of the season. You know, I hope no matter if you're in double A or triple A, I'll, I'll come see you at some point, you know, especially with triple A moving to Sugar Land, which is just right in our back door. So I'll see you at some point this year. Awesome. I appreciate right. it. Well, good luck, man. Thanks. And in the next segment, we'll take a look at how the Astros have performed so far this season, take a look at the weekend series and talk about some of the performances of the minor leaguers uh, in Round Rock last week. And we'll get to that in just a moment. And continuing on here at the Astros Future Podcast, presented by Apollo Media. If you enjoy the show, do us a favor and drop us a review or leave us some stars. So we'll go ahead and get right into it. The Astros came home Thursday night. Crowd was amped, 5-1 and one on the, uh, for, through the first six games on the road, ready to see the, the big league club in Houston for the first time with fans since uh, Game 7 at the 2019 World Series. The Astros looked just as fired up. Phenomenal start by uh, uh, Christian Javier. They end up winning the game six to two. Uh, Jordan homered, Altuve homered. Just a really good overall game. Uh, the crowd was really amped up. Great start to the season. You know, the offense showing what they can do. Javier showing what he did as a rookie, continuing it this year. Unfortunately, the next two nights uh, or two two games didn't go as well as the Astros bullpen struggled a little bit. The bats went a little bit quiet. So Friday, Lance McCullers gets the start. 
Um, he starts out the game really well, gets into a little bit of trouble, gets out of it, only ends up giving up one run, goes five innings, but the bats were quiet. Uh, unfortunately, the bullpen ended up allowing a few more runs. The Astros dropped that one. Move into Saturday, Jose Arcuti started the game kind of solid, ended up giving some runs. Bats didn't have anything going. Bullpen ends up – they get down to a, a 6 nothing hole. Astros finally put up a couple runs uh, to just to make it 6-3, to three, but unfortunately it wasn't enough. The A's ended up winning that one too. So – Six and three start through the first nine games. Um, definitely nothing to cry about. It's actually a really good start. They continue to play at a 67% win percentage the rest of the season. I think we'll be just fine. So good overall start to the season. Uh, so I was going to highlighted some things that I think are the good so far and then the bad so far. And then just a couple of interesting notes. So we'll start with the good. Um, Carlos Correa struggled a little bit through the first couple of games. And I think some people were, you know, already saying, oh, good thing we didn't give him that big contract. Well, if you looked at the advanced numbers, they, they looked better. His exit velocity was good. His hard hit percentage was good. Well, the numbers have already turned around for him. Through nine games, he's, he's hitting 333. He's got four doubles, two homers, a 177 OPS plus. Um, and one thing I think is important to look at is that both those homers have been to the opposite field. And I think we've seen since he's been with the in, in Astro uh, since 2015, that when Carlos is driving the ball to the opposite field like that, that's when he's at his best. So, to, for him to, to start the season after nine games this way, have two opposite field home runs, the four doubles, um, really good to see for him. Hopefully he keeps it up. I know he's, he's you know, trying to play well, get that big deal, and more power to him. If he, if he goes off and has a uh, phenomenal MVP season and we win the World Series and he gets $300 million from somebody else, so be it. It, it. It'll still be worth it in our eyes as long as we keep winning. So good start for, for Correa. Another guy who's off to a phenomenal start that we were – I shouldn't say worried about, but a guy that I was thinking, you know, hey, we need him to step up because we need to get that offense to be elite again was Yuli Gurriel. He struggled a little bit in 2020, but so far this year, he's got an average exit velocity of about 95 miles per hour, a hard hit percentage approaching 60%. Um, and he's got nine walks to only four strikeouts, which is, is nice for him because, you know, he's usually the free swinging type. So to see him come out hitting the ball hard, showing plate discipline, getting on base is just a, a, another – really good sight to see so far because you know we knew that there might be some questions with the pitching and we saw that a little bit the, the, over the past couple of games with the bullpen but the offense is what we looked at to think okay this is what's going to carry the team this is what's going to be elite and so far they have been so on the good side though another you know to go to the pitching Christian Javier has looked phenomenal so far um, I know he struggled a little bit in the, the first start against Oakland didn't go too deep in the game but the start Thursday in uh, the home opener was a, a really good performance by him. Fastball was up there hitting 95. Uh, pitches look great. A lot of, lot of swings and misses. So far, he's got 11 strikeouts at eight and two-thirds innings. Uh, McCullers has looked really well so far this year as well. He's got 13 strikeouts in 10 innings, just uh, allowed just two, run, uh, two earned runs so far. And then Zach Grinke's had two starts, and he looks like the Zach Grinke that we've seen for for years now. So uh, good, a uh, nice top three right there. Hopefully uh, – you know, hopefully, our kitty will kind of start getting it figured out, and then we'll get Oda Rizzi coming up here pretty soon, who just made his, uh, I guess, final, if you want to call it, warm up start in an exhibition game against Round Rock. He went five and two thirds and gave up gave up three runs, so he's on his way up. Um, which, for those of you that don't didn't see it, Christian Javier was optioned to the alternate training site. Has nothing to do with performance, obviously. It's just to keep him extended since they're uh, they can run a four man rotation over the next uh, couple couple weeks. They went ahead and optioned him down. That way he can keep uh, stay extended, doesn't have to move into the bullpen and just pitch a couple innings. So 
those are some of the good things so far. I mean, obviously you got Tucker and Jordan and Altuve looking like uh, the, the Altuve of old, hitting high for high average, getting on base, uh, beating out infield hits, stealing bases, you know, going first to third, things like that. So really good stuff to see. Unfortunately, there is some bad. And the main bad that I think we can all point to so far has been some, some people in the bullpen. Brooks Raley has allowed five earned runs in four innings. Uh, Blake Taylor is allowing three earned runs in three and two thirds. And then Joe Smith, uh, Smith has allowed five earned runs in three and a third. So, you know, those guys, uh, Taylor and Rayleigh, they were big players for us last year. They had some good performances in 2020. We relied on them in the playoffs. Um, unfortunately, they haven't, you know, haven't uh, replicated that success so far this year. And it's cost us a little bit. I'm not necessarily going to say that the last two games we lost were just on the bullpen, the offense didn't score enough. We they got to find a way to score more runs, but the bullpen wasn't able to keep it close after McCullers left the game or after Katie left the game. So we definitely need to see a, a little bit better performance from some of those guys. Uh, Ryan Presley has looked great. Stanek has looked phenomenal. Brian Abreu has looked really good for a young reliever. Uh, I think he's only got like two strikeouts so far, but he's just getting guys out. So he's coming in and, and not allowing base runners. So good start for him. Uh, one other bad thing I think we could all agree on probably is the catchers so far offensively. Um, they're just four for 35. I know uh, Jason Castro had the homer in Oakland, but overall the catchers have just, they've just not been hitting. But if the, the top seven continues to hit like we think they're going to hit and they continue to be elite, I mean, the Astros, the Astros offense is still number one in runs and homers and OPS. And that's with the catchers having a combined four hits in nine games. So they can, they can overcome the catchers. Uh, struggling at the plate as long as they're solid defensively. So, you know, Maldonado, we've seen for, for a few years now, he's kind of a hot or cold player. He'll he'll go through streaks where he's barreling everything, and the next thing you know, he's struggling. Um, and then same thing for Castro. So I think those guys will eventually get it turned around. I mean, we're not expecting any stellar offensive performance. They will be better than probably what they've shown so far. So um, a couple interesting notes. I mentioned Kyle Tucker off to a, a little bit of decent start. He's leading the team in homers and RBIs, despite only having seven hits so far this year. He's got four homers, 11 RBIs, but he's hitting just 189. So um, I think he's had some bad luck. He's obviously connected on a few like really deep bombs, some really good swings for him. So uh, hopefully that batting average start creeping up a little bit on base will start creeping up, but it's nice to see him putting the ball over the fence and also driving in runs when he has the opportunity. So Go down to Guriel. We talked about Guriel just a bit ago about how he's he's off to a solid start. But I found a little uh, little tidbit. I'll steal that from Brian McTaggart. But a little tidbit that uh, I thought was interesting. Guriel has nine walks in nine games so far in 2021. He didn't draw his ninth walk, his ninth career walk until his 77th game with the Astros. So he came in as that free swinger, but he's developed into more of a, a patient kind of get on base kind of guy. I mean, he, he had 12 walks last year, which doesn't sound like a lot, but for him in a 60-game season, that's a, a pretty good clip. So to see him getting on base that way but also still hitting the ball hard is, is a really good sign uh, moving forward. So the offense, elite, playing well, uh, pitching has been solid. Starting pitching has been pretty solid. Uh, the bullpen, you know, that we'll have to see if they – especially when the minor league season gets going, who they decide to potentially bring up – um, to fill in some spots. We saw some good performances from a, a lefty, Kent Emanuel, in spring training. Do the Astros decide to bring him in and let him be a lefty in the bullpen if Rayleigh and, and Taylor continue to struggle? So that will be interesting to, to see how that goes as minor league baseball gets kicking off. So as of this recording on a Sunday, they got 23 days until until AA starts their season. AAA will be 25. So 
it'll be really interesting to watch those guys because if the bullpen continues to struggle like this, the Astros are going to have to do something. You know, they can't keep running these guys out there if they're getting rocked. So some of these guys that are pitching well in the bullpen or some of these starters who might have an opportunity to, to get onto the team um, could be guys that contribute this year. So I talked about there was a couple exhibition games over in Round Rock uh, this past week on Wednesday and Thursday. So on Wednesday, you had a guy, Tyler Ivey, start. Uh, he went five innings, allowed just one hit, no run, struck out five. Really good performance. A guy that I'm really, really high on. Um, extremely excited to, to see him pitch this year after not being able to you know, see him in 2020 because he had a solid 2019. And he's a guy that I think um, has a very good chance of, of potentially – breaking the Astros roster this year if there's some injuries or if uh, they're just in need of, of some more pitching help. Another guy that uh, had a, a, a nice stat line, Jaro Solis, he, he, he went two innings, he had three hits, but he ended up with seven strikeouts. And he's a guy who was young uh, at like 18, 19 years old, pitched really well in full season ball, and then ended up having to have Tommy John surgery. Missed 2019, 2020, didn't pitch because of COVID. So he's back this year. Um, and a guy that if he comes in and has success, especially at like a high A or double A level, we could see him really start climbing those prospect boards because he was on his he was on that path, you know, prior to uh, prior to his uh, surgery that he had after the 2018 season. So another couple of things I just wanted to note on real quick as we're getting closer and closer to the minor league season is the Astros have shown over the last couple of years that they've been willing to gamble on high ceiling outfield prospects that are coming out of college. So one Look at Jordan Brewer, who had a really good junior season in 63 games, had stole 25 bases, 12 homers. The Astros drafted him. He struggled following the 2019 draft, um, but, you know, he, he had a long season in college, so I don't want to hold a few games against him. So I'm, I'm interested to see how he does this year since he missed the 2020 season. But then also in the 2020 draft, they drafted Zach Daniels, who had a really bad uh, sophomore year comes in as a junior and in 17 games prior to COVID was just killing the ball A 1.228 OPS, 13 walks, four homers. I mean, just really showing out. Um, and the Astros, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they believed in that, that change that he made because they went ahead and, and drafted him in a draft where there was only five rounds went ahead and drafted him. So he'll be another guy, another high ceiling, you know, outfield prospect to see how he performs in uh, 2021 once we can get some minor league games going. So really interested to see how the the, the rosters shake out. And that's going to do it for today's episode. So if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And be sure to follow at Apollo HOU for blogs, merch, video, podcast, and more original Houston sports content not found anywhere else. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back for our next episode of the Astros Future Podcast, covering your Astros and the minor league system.